Tom's about an inch taller than me, but this microphone is going to do a little bit of adjusting. Um, it's good to be here, good to see you, and um, really great to worship with you. Thanks, Michelle, for leading us uh, close to God this morning. I love the pumpkin. I love uh, the idea of reclaiming something that's been made evil, which wasn't always evil, or reflects evil, I should say, uh, to be something for good, and that Christians, it's a good illustration, that Christians can change and bring light into a dark world. I think it was John Stott that said, when we moan about the world being dark or in decay, then our question should be, where's the salt and the light? Which is us. The salt uh, should preserve the world and stop it decaying. The light shines in the darkness. So it's a great illustration of that. And certainly on Wednesday when I see them all, um, I'll be reminded. So we're carrying on uh, through this series. I think last week um, you had a mixture of a, a TV detective and some cake. You understand what I'm saying there? Love, joy and peace. You see what I did? Perry Street didn't laugh that much either, but there you go. It's the only one you're getting today. Uh, so we've had love, joy and peace. We're looking at patience and kindness uh, this morning. And we're looking at, uh, as we go through this uh, series of cultivating the spirit-filled life, uh, we're on about character. We are going to get onto the gifts of the spirit in the new year, which everyone's keen to get onto. Uh, but I believe, and I felt God say to me, but we've got to have our character right. Because if we get the gifts and we misuse them, because our character right, we can do a lot of damage. And so uh, our character uh, is really important. So if you want to turn in your Bible to Galatians 5, I'm actually going to read from verse 19, particularly this week, uh, because this week is associated with um, occult practice and uh, the dark side of things, I guess you could say. And uh, Paul, when he finishes chapter uh, 5 and talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which I'll read, um, he's just come off of what the bad things are, the things that we don't really want uh, anything to do with. So, I'm in Galatians 5, and start from 19, and um, just uh, read uh, down to the end. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he gives us the evil side. He gives us the stuff that's bad. And we can look at the world and say it's bad. It's bad. It's in decay. And uh, it's a dark place. But he gives us the opportunity now. God does give us the opportunity when we become Christians to live a different life, a different life for him. To say that I've changed sides. Because all of us are doing battle with the sinful nature. He goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God that lives within us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, he sets out the bad stuff, the evil stuff, and some of us may be tempted to do some of that stuff sometimes. Maybe we do do it, and thankfully, by the blood of Christ, it's been paid for. But it's not something we seek to do. We're looking to live and keep in step with the Spirit. So the believer in character, uh, today, uh, talking about patience and kindness, you've got a little gap in the middle. Okay, No one's coming around with ice creams or anything, but you are going to see a little video, which is good. I said to Tom the other week, actually, he was talking to me about something. I said, Tom, if you want to be popular, go and sell ice creams. Don't be a church minister. So anyway, that's, 
not sure we're going to get ice creams here, but if you start serving ice creams, you know he's feeling not that popular. <laughs> I met a lorry driver a while ago. I've met lots of lorry drivers. One of them used to be a pastor here, didn't he, uh, Phil? Uh, but this lorry driver, I was on holiday, and uh, it was a lovely place where we met. It was in a sauna, which is always a bit embarrassing when another bloke starts talking to you in a sauna. I don't really want to talk to anyone in a sauna. I'm there for privacy. If I can't get in a the sauna, um, then what am I doing? I can't go anywhere. I'm sure Jesus said somewhere, go into a room by yourself and shut the door. And I did that and someone else came in. Uh, never mind. But he was talking to me and he said, uh, where do you come from? And I said, oh, you know, Essex. He said, oh, you're an Essex boy. I said, yeah, I suppose I am. And um, he said, the thing about the South East, he drove all over the country, all over Europe. He said, you know the thing about the South East? He said, you all walk quicker. You're so quick. He said, you're always in a rush to get everywhere. It's actually noticeable. I've never thought about it before. And I suppose if you go to London, it'll be the same. I've lived in New York, and I guess uh, that's the same as well. And I was, thinking, I was talking a little bit about this uh, last week. But if we think about it, and I have to be careful, I had an appraisal recently. It went all right. There's a, a criticism, though, and I'm sure you won't agree with it. It said I talk too fast sometimes, but I get excited. <laughs> so I have to be a bit careful, and I just realised I was doing it. Um, but we walk quicker. We talk quicker. <laughs> Our texts now, you know, when text came out, that was good. don't have to talk anymore. And, um, but now, the youngsters, and probably us as well, and it must frustrate the teachers among you, start abbreviating. Even the word text is TXT. You know, leave out the E. That saves a lot of time. <laughs> they, think they, think it's, they think it's all new. But we used to do it. We used to do it. All of our age group used to do it. I can remember it. I remember being at school. We didn't have phones, of course, but we used to abbreviate words. Because you don't want to... You know, you've got to say them quicker. If you make them shorter, you can get more in a sentence or a text. My one, you used to, the school I went to, you never, you never saw anyone say, hello, how are you? You well today? The term was watcher. Remember that? Watcher. No, I was on my chopper, my radio chopper. Watcher with the gears. You used, uh, used to be allowed the gears on the middle. You're not allowed anymore. They're on the handlebars. Health and safety. Can you believe that? Honestly, it's not allowed in the middle anymore because you have to take your hands off handlebars. Crazy. Anyway, I used to go on my chopper with my mate who only had a chipper. And, um, and I used to go, watcher. And do you know, that got abbreviated, sure. <laughs> so the youngsters aren't the first ones to do it. But it's because we want to get things in and we're not patient about anything. We want things now. Debt in this country is alarming levels. Europe have lent each other money. Do you know that? The Italians owe the Spanish. The Spanish owe the Italians. None of them are going to pay it back because they're not earning enough to pay it back. Debt is everywhere because we want things sometimes that we can't have. And we're not patient. I want to save up for them. I want it now. Freddie Mercury. Film's out. Anyone going to go and see the Freddie Mercury film? It's out. Um, but he sung a song. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Doesn't that sum up a lot of signs? There's no patience. So we've got all this debt and all these things. People buying things they can't afford. The fruit of the Spirit. One of them. Patience. Christian can be patient. There's things that I really long for in many ways that I want to happen now, but I have to be patient. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul elsewhere talks about love. Right? And he says, love is, we say this passage at weddings, it's the favourite one. What's the first one? Love is... Clues in what I'm talking about. <laughs> patience. I had to be patient then, didn't I? It took you ages. And the second one is what? The other thing we're talking about, kindness. Isn't that amazing? Love is. So the fruit of the Spirit, patience and kindness. Love is patience and kindness. First and second. We're going to look at both today. So patience. Um, you're going to have to have a lot of patience because I'm realising I'm 
I've got my watch there, I know where I'm going to go to, we'll be alright. Me as a kid, Christmas is coming up, can't believe it, it's going to be November this week, which is amazing, very special month, people, people's birthdays are in November, some are on the 17th, I'm just letting you know, <laughs> just letting you know, it's coming up, it's coming up. But as Christmas, when, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I used to say, and we all say, oh, I can't wait for Christmas. And my mum used to say, well, you've got it, because it's not coming on the 23rd, it's going to be the 25th like every year. And 50 years later, I still can't make it go any quicker. I had to be patient. Like, I've got, and you ever say, I can't wait for Christmas. Well, I had to, and I've done it 50 times. You know, of course you've got to wait. You've got to wait for good things. In ministry... I still carry this problem in ministry. I want to see people flourish. And of course you do as well. I want to see the church grow. Not just numerically, but spiritually and in maturity as well. But I have to be patient. I have to be patient. I want to see conversions. I want to see someone back. We've got a baptismal service coming up, potentially, by the way, on uh, member, because it's Remembrance Sunday. So if you think remembrance, remember baptism. So in the evening, I think we've got a couple of people, if anyone wants to get baptised, come and see me. If you've repented and you believed, that's the only requirement in the Bible. So, we want conversions, we want baptisms, and I'm so impatient for them. Recently, I was talking to the elders. We do that occasionally. Um, <laughs> they're the people I do want to text, actually. I don't speak to them. But they're no, a good bunch. And uh, one of our newer elders, I won't say who it is, she's female, and <laughs> she said, I believe I've got a word for you with all your plans and police stations and everything else. She said, I've got, I've got this, I think I've got this word. You can ask her about this. So, what is it? And I got all excited. It's going to be like a word like tomorrow. Or, or, you know, hurry up, get on with it, or whatever. And she said, oh, the word's patience. I went, are you sure? <laughs> really? Is it patience? I hate patience. I hate it, but it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I have to cultivate that. We often want to do things in our own time. We plead with God for things. It's okay to do that, but then not trust his timing. And then we get frustrated, don't we? Why hasn't he done it yet? As if God doesn't know what he's doing. Psalm 40 verse 1 said, I've waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He hears our prayers. Psalmist says, I waited patiently, but also expectantly. He's expecting God to act, but he had to wait patiently. I'm not good at that. I don't know if you are. I have to cultivate patience. But it's not passive. It's expectantly. God will do something. And so there's trust in that as well. So I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you've been praying for. Uh, You may may not get the answer you want, but you have to be patient sometimes. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not. And we have to be patient. You know, Joseph. You know Joseph? You don't know Joseph. You've read about Joseph. One day you'll meet him. But Joseph in uh, Genesis chapters 37 to 47, he has a dream, doesn't he? He dreams he's going to be a great ruler. He's going to rule over his brothers. He shouldn't have told them, really, but he did, didn't he? So his, his brothers get a bit jealous. They sell him into slavery. But then someone buys him. And he's probably thinking at this point, well, hold on, God, you know, I've got this dream. Where, what's going on? And then he's bought and he serves Potiphar, one of uh, Pharaoh's officials, comes a trusted servant with more and more responsibilities. Maybe he's thinking, this is it. This is the fulfilment. I'm getting more and more responsibility. Then Potiphar's wife comes along, falsely accuses him. He's thrown in jail. He must be thinking, God, what are you doing? You don't know anything. Why? But he didn't. We're told he was really faithful. Probably what we would think. 
Then he starts to interpret dreams for the fellow prisoners and finally for Pharaoh himself. And then he's placed in charge of Egypt. A famine comes. Who comes along? His brothers. They go to Egypt. Finally, there's reconciliation. Joseph rules over them and is powerful in that land, the Bible says. The vision is fulfilled. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. He spent 11 years as an Egyptian slave and two years in prison. That's 13, for those of you that are not good at maths like me. 11 plus 2. But he was patient. And always God was with him. He always understood that. So it took all that time. And you know, this morning, God is with you. And we just have to keep acknowledging him. Like Michelle said at the beginning, reading from the psalm, we've got so many things to thank God for. We do go to him with our requests, and that's good and right and proper. But we're not got a lot to thank him for. It's amazing. So we can say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. We live in a culture of immediacy. Right now, when I was in the city, there was a saying, it would be, my nickname was Smurf. Because when I joined, I was about five foot five. I was still called growing, I was a 16. And it stuck with me now. People still ring me and say, Smurf. Um, now I think I'm Papa Smurf. I think in those days I was one of the younger ones. But Smurf, they, and it used to be Smurf, go and, go and offer 50,000 Glaxo to Phillips and Drew and do it like yesterday. That's what they used to say. Do it like yesterday. Well, I can't turn back time. I'm not sure. You know, but it was the, the, the thing was you've got to get there. You've got to run across the floor of the exchange. You've got to get down to the box. Give the little bit of an office slip. This is before the screen-based training. You have to do it really quick. And of course, you come home and that's in me. That was in me then. Everything had to be done immediately. So I'd go to McDonald's. Who who likes McDonald's? I can't go as much anymore. But when I go, I really go. About three times a year. There's a glutton issue. But but anyway, it's a different story. It's another another week. But I'd go to McDonald's. I'd say, a quarter pounder with cheese, please. Large fries, strawberry milkshake and a Diet Coke. And she said, do you want cheese with that quarter pounder with cheese? That's why I said quarter pounder with cheese. And Andrew would say, don't speak so rude. That's all I've said it. If I do an order like that on the dealing floor, I get thrown off the floor. And I was so impatient. It was so bad. I got away with that a little bit. It wasn't good. But when I got home and asked for the TV remote, Andrew, pass the TV remote. In your own time. Okay, get up, go out. You're not on your dealing desk now and you're getting no dinner. Okay, that didn't work in the city. I was impatient. And we can get sucked into this in our Christian life. But one of the fruits of our character, one of the ways we're different, one of the ways we can be a light and dark world is to have patience. The fruit patience is not necessarily saying, oh, I'm going to be really, really away. I'm going to wait on everything. I'm not going to do anything. Sometimes we just don't have a choice. We have to wait. It's how to act while we're waiting. And it's acting in faith that God is God and he knows best. It's not an ability to wait, but a fruit of the Spirit while we wait. If not, and it's not in the Bible, you have a fruit of impatience. That means you're taking God's place. That means you know better than God. You don't want that. So we place all our efforts into God's hands. We know farmers sow the seeds and everything else. The thing, plants and crops don't just grow overnight. You have to to cultivate and and they water and nourish it. There's a time when the harvest or fruit comes. We don't see the big picture. God does. We just have to trust him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, one that's held in great stead in ministering in life. Trust, first word, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding because we think we know it all, but we don't. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. All of you have made it this far. I bet there's been times in your life when you thought, oh, how am I going to get through today? How is the next week going to go? The month, the year? You know, God, but you're here. 
God has got you through. All our plans, all your plans, we have to place them into God's hand and just see where he leads. Also, as believers, we have to enjoy, I'll put here, enjoy the now factor. It's so much better than the X factor. We've got the cross factor, don't we? Enjoy the now factor. If you're walking around, and sometimes I do this, a bit depressed, sad, discouraged, negative, grumbling, not all the time, you're pleased to know, murmuring, maybe I'm a bit of a complainer, I'm just a bit low because we're waiting for things to happen, we can miss the now. You know, we can look back and say the old days were so much better. And do you know what? In ten years' time, you'll be looking back to now and saying, it was really good then, we had a good time. Or we want this for the future. There's nothing wrong with vision, but, you know, I'm, I'm wait. I'm just going to not really do it. I'm just, I'm egging on for the future. I'm remembering the past with fondness. But you miss today. Today is a gift. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. Um, and we need to thank God for it. So it's in the Bible, the word has been spoken over us as a church. See, today I do a new thing. What's the key word there? Today. Today I do a new thing. Every day. We can miss the now. You know, there's a current trend. I like current trends. I like to think I'm reasonably trendy. I've been growing a beard for five years. It's not really getting there, but I'm trying my best. Uh, if it gets grey, as grey bits go, if it gets grey, it's, it's coming off, I can tell. You might not see it. I'm sorry, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. But a current, another current trend is mindfulness. You heard that term? Mindfulness. I like mindfulness. And actually, two of our members were doing some teaching on this. And they said, you know, it's a new thing. I said, well, it actually isn't. I'm going to explain it. Uh, embracing or living in the moment. Enjoy, you know, I can say, well, I was at Perry Street last week, we had a great year. I'm at Sunny Mead next week, it's going to be good. I'm at South Green now, and I'm with you, and it's a blessing. And I'm meeting people and talking and fellowship and preaching, uh, worshipping, praying. This is the now. If my mind's on next week, I'm, I'm missing the now. You see, see, today I do a new thing. So this mindfulness, embracing today, living in the moment, and they're, they're telling me I'm this modern thinking. I say, no, it's not. Jesus said it uh, numerous t- times. I've got an, uh, an example here, Matthew 6, 33, 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And there's a Robin Williams film, isn't there? Dead Poet Society. Anyone seen that? Great film. Inspiring. What's the famous strapline? Can't deal. What does it mean? Seize the day. Seize the day. Today's a gift. What was that? Is it? Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) In the Greek it means. No, I don't know. Um, But isn't it a wonderful thing? Seize today. Today's a gift. I don't know when my life's going to end. And actually I'm going to glory, which is great. It's a promotion. But in the meantime, I want to make the most of this now. So... Look what God's doing in your life now, the life of the church. Right now, I'm here, I love it. Uh, patience with people, that's a bit harder, isn't it? We need patience with people. You're always patient with people. I, I try to be, I try and cultivate this. Uh, if not, uh, our words or actions can run de- deep. And James says, then, you know, to tame the tongue, just be careful what we say. Colossians 3, Paul says, clothe yourselves with patience. Patience with yourself. That's even, that's even harder sometimes. I get so impatient. If I drive badly or, you know, on, on the way here, there must have been a traffic light. Well, there, were, there are definitely traffic lights. I mean, a temporary one. And I drove along. I thought, why are these cars waiting? And I noticed there was, a red, there was one of these temporary red lights. And I thought, well, I must have gone through one. I didn't see it. I thought, Ian, you're so stupid. 
Actually, God made me. That's really bad. I shouldn't call myself stupid. But we're quick to put ourselves down. So we have to have patience with ourselves. Even in our spiritual growth. Someone came to see me a few weeks ago and said, Ian, I'm struggling in my faith. I said, okay, let's come and get together. We'll pray about that. She's sharing with me. And she opens up the Bible. I said, what's that? She has my notepad. I said, oh, brilliant. And she opens it up and there's all these writings in there and Bible verses and how she feels God speaking to her. I said, wow, that was a couple of months. She goes, that was last week. I said, what are you talking about? Your face bad. You know, it's amazing. And, you know, we can be a downer on ourselves, even in our spiritual growth. But we do get our day-to-day occurrences. You confess. You don't let the devil take a foothold and condemn you. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I came to save, not to condemn the world. So you confess and you receive forgiveness. So you have to have patience with yourself. You have to let go and let God. Isaiah 55 verse 8, my ways are not your ways. Stop wasting our time about things that we can't change. Give things to God and accept it. Commit your plans to the Lord. He will make straight your paths, the Bible says. He can move fast, he can move slow. Give it over and let him do the rest. I mean, we have to have a certain amount of uh, get up and goingness. Uh, I think it was William Temple, I think said, um, pray as if it all depends on God, but act as if it all depends on you. That's, I, I quite like that. But we can't force his hand. The Lord knows. Proverbs 16, verse 2, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts and intents of the heart. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. The Lord has you. He will direct you. Just got to be patient. We can make all the plans, but it's the Lord that leads us on. Isn't that what Jesus said where he says, I am the good shepherd. Who's in front, the shepherd or the sheep? We want to be following him. The sheep are not leading the shepherd. And if they are, it's the wrong way round. Jesus is head, which means we have to uh, rely on his timing. So put on patience, uh, we're told. Put it on. What does that mean? It's a choice. It's a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3 verse 12, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. And it goes on to say patience. You think about it, you go to a wardrobe, you don't look at the wardrobe and think, don't fancy any of that today, I'm off to church naked, would you? You wouldn't do that. And if you did, we'd pray for you and then ask you to leave. <laughs> no, you pick something out, right? And Paul's effectively saying, go to the wardrobe, the, ca- the wardrobe that's marked character. And one of the things he wants you to get is get the jumper or whatever item of clothing it is and put it on, patience. Put that on and all the other uh, parts of the fruit of the Spirit. Put it on and go out and be it. You're dressed correctly. Don't get up and say, well, I'm, I'm in an angry mood today and I'm, I'm going to put the world to rights. It's all that sort of business. We have to put our Christian character on. We have to be prepared. People interrupt. Get annoyed. I get annoyed at that. I don't like people interrupting me. Um, but if I expect it, it's good. And if I see them through the lens of God, then actually maybe there's a point they need to make and I have to see it. But love is patient, the Bible says. One of the ways to show love to other people to show that light, is to be patient with them. There's different opinions in the world, there's different personalities. If you answered the phone, you answered the phone. You didn't have to. If so, if someone's making you a bit annoyed, be patient, you answer the phone. Patient with a person in front of you in a queue. I learned that once coming back from Spurgeon's, uh, when the Dartford Tunnel, back in the good old days, when you had to put physical money in. You know, you didn't have to go on the internet within a day and pay it, while you get fined a lot of money. And um, anyway, it was a pound then, that's how long ago it was, and we're coming back from Spurgeon's with the youth minister at the Methodist Church, Simon Allen, and we're going up and we've been queuing for ages and I've had a headache and I can't even spell theology, so I don't know what they were talking about. And, you know, it's coming back and there's a woman in front and she's 
got to the, and I'm not being sexist, you'll understand when I finish my story. So I said, look at that woman, look. Get, I mean, we've been queuing for half an hour, and now's the time to get the money out. When you're right at the barrier, now we've all got to wait. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm prepared. I've got my pound in my hand. So I'm a good Christian. I'm ready. Be prepared, the Bible says. Okay? Hit the button, I wind the window down. Absolutely crazy. Look at it. No care in the world. Lob my pound. It's going to think. Wound the wrong mirror down. See, the back one was open. My one wasn't. The pound, I lost it. <laughs> Where's the pound gone? Now the car's behind me, bibbing. I'm going, oh, be patient. I'm like, no, okay, Lord. I've got it. I've got it. The Lord taught me, we're in seconds. That's the, you acted quickly then. You see, we have to be patient. Patient with your spouse or partner. Patient with the church. Patient with the minister. Minister patient with congregations. Patient with God. Sometimes you just got to expect your time to be interrupted. Take a deep breath. Patient as a fruit of the Christian. We can have an opportunity to differ from the culture. We're still busy. Less stressed. Things are urgent. Now factor. But we can still develop the fruit of patience amid that that now factor. The perfect man, it says in James 1 verse 4, is perfect and entire, lacking in nothing. Psalm 40 verse 1, I waited patiently, expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Give over that part of your character this morning. Sometimes we just need to wait, hand it over to God, commit to him, wait expectantly for him, and he will make straight your paths to open and close doors. Don't miss the sacred in today. That's That's a big danger. So this is a sacred meeting. If I'm thinking about what roast dinner Andrew's cooking, she's ill, by the way, he sends her apologies. She's still cooking the roast. But, you know, I'm not thinking... If I'm there now thinking, what have we got, beef or chicken, I'm missing the now. It's a funny illustration, but we're missing the now. Now I am thinking, what have we got, beef or chicken? <laughs> Probably ham, egg and chips. Don't miss the sacred in the now. We're going to go on to kindness, which is a lot shorter. has to be. Uh, but we're going to watch a quick video, if that's all right. Just to give you a break from me. Got sound? Oh, look at that. There's a show of respect if you ever needed to see one. Gasimov of Gaines.
Uh, when I first saw that, I had tears in my eyes uh, looking at some of those images. Uh, not sure you'll ever see another video of the ultimate fighting champion in church again, uh, but when you saw the Down syndrome's uh, young lad who wanted to do that, and they just did it for him, or when you see a brother helping another brother, or the track athlete who pulled up his hamstring, that was his own dad that ran on the track. The officials before that, you don't see it, tried to stop him. He said, no, it's my son, you won't stop me, and he helped him. And yeah, just amazing, really. And it's just a sporting illustration, but there's loads of others uh, of kindness. You know, admiration there for the athletes, but, you know, a lot of the applause, sometimes louder, was for the person who helped the vulnerable. Uh, there's a lot of hate, angst, and me-centred culture around. People are quick to judge and condemn, to pass comment. But one of the fruits, the other one we're going to look at really briefly, is kindness. All of us like to be treated kindly. The word mercy... Uh, part of the definition of that word is to be kind. And kindness, part of the definition of that is to be merciful. The two are entwined. It's easy, um, easy to, uh, to those close to us who do good to us to be kind. Harder for those that we're not naturally drawn, drawn to. In many of those illustrations, they were opposing athletes. They were against each other, but there was a respect and a respect for a human life and human emotions, and they were kind to one another. And God leads by example, doesn't he? Luke 6.35, but love your enemies. Who's good at that? I'm not. I have to really make a decision. I haven't really got any enemies. But, you know, when people hurt us or really have been nasty, God says, love them, do good to them. Then your reward will be great. Jesus says, come to me if we're weary or heavy burden. God sent his son so that we could come to him. We don't deserve that. That's mercy. That's grace. That's kindness. How much then? How much more then should we show those characteristics, being the light in the dark place, as we go about cultivating the spirit of world life as Christians that reflect the character of Jesus? We've had patience. We've got kindness. God is patient with us. He's kind to us. We've been given so much, and we have so much to give, but we so often hold on to things, whether it's finance or love or time. But love is kind, Paul said. Even when we're wronged. You know, it's better when people, if people say bad things about you, obviously you want to try and justify yourself or they might not know the whole circumstance or you might want to get on the phone and berate them. And Sometimes you have to, in love, be, be, be quite disciplined in that. But the Bible uh, says it's okay to leave things to God to repay. Romans 12, 19. It is mine to avenge. I will repay if we offer it over to God and just trust him. God knows all things. He sees the wrongs that you've suffered. He also sees the wrongs that you've done. Andrew and I, a number of years ago now, um, there, there's, uh, we were spoken against. Someone seemed to have a problem with us and they spoke and they stirred up a bit of trouble. And it upset Andrew, it upset me, but I guess I get upset in different ways. And, and I said to Andrew, we can't just keep going around justifying ourselves. People... If they don't know us well enough, then they don't know us well enough. But what we should do is just... And we're not perfect by a long shot. I'm using this illustration. But I said, let our character just shine through. The way we respond or not respond, that people will see us for who we are eventually. But it was difficult. Um, and then years later, God removed that person. And this is in a church saying, God just removed them. And we were at a party or at someone's anniversary or something we went to. Years later, two or three years later... And, and, and people were coming up to me and saying, I just want to apologise. You know, three years ago, you know, I think we were misled a bit, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I, didn't, I said, oh, okay, and I'd long let it go. 
And um, as, a, as normally at these things, especially if you're a minister, you're at one end and the wife's at the other end. And, and later on we got together um, uh, for dinner. And I said, oh, really weird. I had about eight people come up to me today apologising for... Remember that thing that happened? She went, that's incredible. I, I had about five or six come up to me, separate, and they were separate people, because each one said, pass it on. God had justified it. We'd let it go. We'd let it go to him. He says, it's mine to avenge. The person was removed. We didn't ask for anything. It just happened. The Bible says to reach out to those who don't deserve it. Matthew 9.13, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Allow the love of God and God's love for us to enable you to be a kind and to show mercy and just see what he does. I was in the Hoop once. The Hoop is a pub in stock. We lived near it. Um, It was a temptation to treat it like the staff canteen, but we got over that. And I was in the Hoop one night with some city friends, old city friends, and a lady in there, uh, it was all around, I don't know if I've told you a story before, about the baby pee case, remember that? And, um, and she came in drunk with some friends, and one of her friends recognised me, and she recognised me, so she didn't know it, because she was so drunk, because she came to the mums and toddlers group that we had, pandas, on a Thursday. And um, she said, I know you from somewhere, and all the peanuts have been dropped on the floor, and it was all a bit messy. And um, I said, yeah, I'm Ian, the minister. Because then a friend comes up and he's vile to me, I mean really bad. Um, and talking about where's your God with baby pee and everything else. I said, I know, it's horrible. And then she spat in my face. Right, because I'm God. You see, I represent God. And she was so angry. And she it was a genuine anger. Now, I've got to say, God's spirit, because my old self, you know, would, it wouldn't have been pleasant. My two mates were trying to get past me to get at this woman. Right, to, to, and, and the Michelle, the, the lady who stands at the front, the, at the front of the house at the, at the hoop, she said, here, I can throw these. I said, no, don't worry. And I wiped my face clean. And I said to my mates, let, let it go. And I'm not saying it's for any kind of glory. What I'm saying is God's spirit in that moment uh, just took over. Because I said, I'll tell you what, let me talk to you about the God that you've just spoken about. And basically the whole pub heard the gospel. You see, because I, I am angry. I mean, I'm not... You know, I'm not going to say I was there. Oh, thank you for spitting on me. I mean, I, I wasn't. I was fumed. And I thought, right. And now I just nothing to lose. I've been embarrassed. I've been humiliated. The pub saw it. I didn't retaliate, you know, which probably everyone expected. And uh, she stood there and she got the gospel and, uh, and loudly. And in fact, the whole pub got the gospel. And I ended it. And I, I can only say the Spirit gave me the words. In the same way without Christ, I would be judged. So will you and especially as you just spat on one of his ministers. So you need to think about that when you go home. So you need Christ. You need Christ in your life. So out of the good, I could have retaliated in my own way, and I could have let my mates do what they wanted to do, which wouldn't have been anything too nasty. Uh, she probably would have done you know, what we've now known as a Norman. You know, she would have got the glass and <laughs> thrown it all over, you see. <laughs> so I've been waiting to get that in. <laughs> I was thinking about it and I said about the baptismal service. I thought, no. <laughs> so that's what my mates would have done. But actually, look what God did. God just, you know, I'm not perfect by a long shot. I, can, I don't want to tell you what my initial reactions were as it rose up. But the Spirit just quelled that. And actually, the pub got the gospel. And in fact, she got the gospel. And that's just God, God dealt with it. She backed down and everything else. It's just one example where we could, and we could go down the other way, right? And then you've got a Christian minister in jail. And then who wins? The devil. Right. Colossians 3 verse 12 mercy as a behaviour, clothe yourselves with kindness kindness as a choice the Bible shows many times the way God can reward uh, kindness we saw the example of Joseph he was kind to his brothers, he was blessed by God Abraham to Lot in Genesis 
uh, 13, he was kind to Lot as they separated. They, they, Lot wanted to split off. You pick whatever part of the value you want, Abraham said. And then God, uh, through the kindness, took Abraham and told him that as far as he could see, the land was his. Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth's husband, Naomi's son. I know I'm speaking quicker now. Do not feed this into next year's appraisal, which is unconscious that I've gone over. Um, but uh, uh, Ruth's husband, Naomi's son, had died. Naomi's husband had died. Orpha, another daughter-in-law whose husband had died. Everyone's dying. It went back to the family. But Ruth said she'd stay with Naomi. And the older woman, who needed, needed someone with her, went to work in Boaz's field. What has happened? What happens? God speaks to Boaz to look out for her. She's blessed in her kindness. All blessed by God as they show kindness to others. And there's a world that doesn't know. They're going to learn a lot about the, the pumpkins and your cult and all the various things that go on this next week. But the world doesn't know. And Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. You know, as they nailed him to a cross and dropped it in the agony, he prays for his killers. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Non-Christians, as much as we'll be against this week, and of course we are. I don't know about you, I'm getting woken up early every three o'clock every morning at the moment. You know, that's the time, three o'clock, is when Satanists pray against the church. You know that? So if ever you're waking up at three o'clock, Start praying, because that's what it is. I'm getting it every past week, uh, every morning. They're not going to lead their lives the way a Christian would. And even new believers are not quite sure where they are. They don't know yet. But it's often in the church we expect them to be perfect. They don't know yet. And we have to echo the words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And, it, and as, us as God's people, as I finish, you say, that's it now. That's it. I'm going to live and abide by the principles of God. It's going to cost me personally. It might cost me emotionally. But I'm going to do what the Word of God says because I'm called by God to be a light in a dark world and I intend to shine. I want to keep that lightness to yourself, especially this week. It's almost back to basics when you read this. That's John Major's famous thing, wasn't it? So back to basics. Remember that? In the early 90s, I think. He didn't last long, though, but it was a good message. Um, but back to basics, the fruit of the Spirit. Think about it. Mercy, kindness. Put it on, on our priority list. All those other fruits there as well. Look for the opportunities. Maybe it's the right word at the right time or the right action at the right time. Put an around, arm around someone. See someone in church, no one's speaking to. Go and speak to them. In stock, there was a lot, when I was up at stock, there was a lot of money about. You know, money wasn't a big issue. The need was loneliness. People were lonely. Wives whose husbands are spending so much time at work to get the money. Um, people that were on their own because their uh, husbands or wives had died, had money, but had no, they, they didn't see anybody. There was a need, and the need was loneliness. So we set up Take a Break, which was, um, I used to call it, take, I called it take, you know, Take a Break, have a, have a Kit Kat. So I made this, I said, this is so corny. I said there's only one joke, you got another one. And I said, Take a Break, have a chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> They still do it. They've cut out the chit-chat bit. I'm very disappointed because that was my idea. But we knew, so we had all sorts of people coming in, some with lots of money, some not. They were all lonely. They were all, no matter how much money you got or possessions, they were lonely. So that was the way that we could be kind. We have people who eat on their own most of the time. We have our meet and eat sessions. Anyone been to one of them? But you can meet and eat. You can take a bit and people host them. Sometimes think about a personal invite. I'm aware of people especially those that have recently lost spouses, they're really lonely. They're not eating with anybody. Just look out for them. Um, I, I, I loved it earlier in this year, we were talking about the weather, because you know, we love a bit of a moan about the weather. We've we had a good run. It's raining now and today. It's warm in here, which is lovely. I love that. But Facebook in February, when the snow hit, 
You know, Facebook can cause a lot of problems <laughs> and people normally only show their best face. But all the acts that were going out, people on Facebook, I've got a four by four. Any old person on here needs their shopping, I'll go and pick it up, I'll pay for it, give me... And it happened. The community just came together. Not necessarily Christians, I'm sure some were, but I saw some face on there, I know they're definitely not Christians, they just wanted to help. Kindness. Kindness. Kindness to those that have wronged us is the tough one, and that's where we need the work of the Holy Spirit. In that video we saw at the beginning, you saw all the people there rush to help. The world, I've got a living illustration, is Norman comes up here and spills his water. The analogy would be, the world would go, look at him, stupid, what's the matter with him, clean it up. But without saying a word, I know you'd expect this, two people get up and just, they don't have to be asked. they just go and get the glass and they clear up and it's thank you and that's it. Kindness, the church is different, the people are different. Kindness, we don't come to condemn the world, we want them saved just like Jesus did. So in the video we saw at the beginning, all the people rushed to help, often the competitor. They rushed to help, to show kindness. And you know, the applause for them was as loud as for the winner. They're winners. And the Bible says that all of heaven looks on at us. We're surrounded by a great, great cloud of witnesses who cheer you on when you do these things because it's a little step against the evil of the world. Jesus said, let your light shine. And for all of us uh, today, especially on a dark and dingy day, in a dark and dingy week, go and let your light shine. Okay? Patience and kindness. I know you've been patient with me because I'm 12 minutes over than what I said. Uh, but I'm not too bad. Can I pray for you? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, it's not fruits of the Spirit. Your word says the fruit of the Spirit, that we should be displaying all of these things. It's not a pick and choose. And the two we've focused on today, patience and kindness. Lord, in a busy world, and sometimes when we're rushing around, it can be difficult. But with the help of your Holy Spirit, we can make such a difference and be that light shining in a dark world. So I pray you'll pour out your spirit on all of us this morning. Fill us afresh that we can show these characteristics of what it is to be a Christian in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.